You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Welcome. <laughs> I just never expect how how crude these songs are before it starts playing. I'm like, okay. Does, uh, that, does that play in the in the playback when you when you post it? Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike, and of course we have Jordan Starr in the studio. Yeah, soundboard, bro. <laughs> Jordan, we got to come up with a name. Oh, Jay Stay. We got Jay Stay in the studio. What's up? What's up, Jordan? What's up, dude? Nice shirt, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I got it from this dude that... Uh, that knows a dude? That knows a lot of dudes. <laughs> Sounds weird. <laughs> could, be good, could be bad, dude. <laughs> so, a bit, a little bit of news before we get into it. We got we got some good topics tonight, or a good topic tonight. We're going we're gonna to stretch it out for an hour. Plus, we have a good beer lineup. It's always good. The Path Bike Shop, 20th anniversary party going on this Sunday. 20 years in the industry. Brick and mortar shop, still doing it. Yeah. Two locations, that's what's up. That's pretty cool. I mean, I guess for all the live listeners, they'll be able to kind of, you know, kind of capitalize on this. But as far as when you release it on Monday, so it's on Sunday. This this coming Sunday, which is the twenty first. Twenty first. Yes, sir. So this is gonna be released on the twenty second. Mm-hmm. Technically, so if you're live, if you're you live, go. we're gonna go. we're gonna be there. I'm gonna ride in the morning. They're doing an Oaks ride. Um, at eight thirty, and then the uh, the event's gonna be fun after that. Yeah, well, they have a pivot cycle demo truck will be there from nine to three. Really? Okay. Um, and then they're gonna have smoke barbecue at eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. They had a, a big um <clears throat> sale going on a few weeks ago, and those guys were out there as well. Smoke barbecue, and they sold out. Nice. Got there at about noon. Gone. That's cool. They're already wrapping up, and then um, and then they have games. Four o'clock, um, slowest race, fastest uh, tube change contest, cornhole, and then bike some sumo. other stuff. What's that? Are they doing bike sumo? Maybe. Oh, yeah. That was pretty fun. And then a PM barbecue at four o'clock, and then raffles five thirty. Dude, twenty years in the industry, dude. That's. I mean, I'm twenty five, so it feels really weird. That's a long time, dude, <laughs> for him in my in my scheme of things. Yeah, and you know, highs and lows, dude. Highs and lows, but still, dude, that's. That's impressive for a bike shop, you know, especially in, in the age of digital, online, 
you know, not seeing people face to face at a bike shop. You can just order everything online and, you know, from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. And I, I, I'm trying to do this fast, but I remember seeing a statistic a while back of like the, the rate of basically bike shops, brick and mortar shops shutting down. And it was like in the early 2000s, I, I, I'm BS in the numbers, but I remember him being like ridiculous how many shops there were and how many shops were dropping off in a decade. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a 60% something, you know, like 60% of the shops are shutting down. 60%? So yeah, like it, it was a huge drop. I mean, don't quote me on it, but it was like some crazy drop. Or it was on Pink Bike a while ago. I mean, we, we, we do have one bike shop that just went out of business. Yeah, but it's just the online thing. I think it was like, the, I guess the whole point of the online thing definitely. Right. If you didn't adapt, you uh, you sank. What? Well, I mean, I know the Panth doesn't have like a online store. I need to have a website. That's but true. I guess it's the wrong philosophy. They found their their niche. Right. I guess would be the uh, well, best I mean, way to say it. Being in the industry for twenty years, I mean that 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 kind of helps. Yeah. The cause. He he. Uh, Tawny, uh, being the owner of the shop, he uh, seemed to capitalize on the gravity side of it. Mm-hmm. And being 98 when he opened the shop, um, I don't know if he went straight to Gravity when it first came out, but he was definitely about the whole Soul Ride that thing. And uh, 98 is when things really started popping off as far as longer travel bikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess mid-90s, but then late 90s, early 2000s is when it really, like, free ride was, like, its main thing, and the path was, like, all about free ride. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. yep. Well, we'll be there. Yeah, should be fun. And then uh, Montaigne Brewing Company in Santa Ana, they have their Double Rainbow IPA beer release uh, Saturday, the 20th, 12th to 9 p.m. So it's, it's, it's going to be a weekend of party, dude. It's going to be fun, yeah. And Saturday, uh, my girlfriend is running an event uh, in uh, Newport Dunes. It's the Beach Barbecues and Brews, I think it's... Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> you always but give me crap about it. <laughs> but it's a barbecue and a beer... Uh, charity event thing so should do it what's the uh what's the cover f- to get into that place 100 bucks don't know it's not that much okay i actually i don't think it's it's like i don't even know to be honest i don't want to lie okay but there is a cover charge it's not much though so like under 40 45 bucks 150 bucks yeah, yeah, yeah. Under okay that, under that yeah do you get like a shirt or something you get an event shirt or um last year they had little uh they're like little um Little four ounce glasses, look like little beer mugs, but mm-hmm. they, had, they had the event name on them and everything. It was pretty oh, cool. cool. And then you just go around and use that as like your taster. Tasters, yeah, like, yeah. So like a three ounce or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So that was pretty cool. That's pretty standard, huh? Yeah. So, um, beer release, just Montaigne Santa Ana. Uh, if you bring a picture of a rainbow or wear the double rainbow t shirt, you get a, a beer for a dollar. So, how, how gay friendly are you going to look? I mean, I do have one of those purple <laughs> shirts from last year. That's really nice. I just haven't worn it. <laughs> it's got a big unicorn on there, dude. It's pretty sexy. And also for Sismontane, they have a pumpkin and pints October 27th at 3 o'clock. So, um, it, you know, there's a fee. It's uh, 20 bucks per person or 35 per couple. includes a beer and a pumpkin. Oh, they're doing a carving thing. Is that what yeah. it is? Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, so that's, that's what's like going a, on. That's like a wine and where they do like the art and wine thing where like you can like smash grapes with your with your fungus filled feet. <laughs> is that what you're no, 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 no. Well, they do like the thing. Uh, th- there's like a there's a there's a cute thing to it, but no, like when you you go with your significant other to Ooh. do some wine tasting. It's kind of like uh, and then do a painting of each other, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> It's kind of like the movie Ghost you when, when when they're doing that they're, they're like in the clay thing, a little wheel when they're you know talking about Ghost. 
Nope. You haven't watched some? Nope. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. I'm going to tell your girlfriend to make you watch the movie Ghost that's as a, a couple. That's a weird threat. It's <laughs> a weird threat, dude. Ghost. Anyways, more old uh, references. Uh, continue, Lou. No, um, that's that's it, man. Oh, so t- speaking of old. Oh, I don't know oh dear. Oh, dear. That was the thunder. Yeah, okay, so. It's your, gone. It's your, yeah, no. Dude. Modern Time Beers, we have a candidate. It's their limited release. Uh, I don't even know. It's... It's right there on the can, dude. What does it say? I, I can't read that, though, dude. Look at that. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so we have... feet away. So this is the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dimaxian? Something like that. I don't it know. It's, like it's a hazy... Dimaxian? I think it's like a 5% beer. We also have Alvarado Sweet. Street uh, Brewing Company, the Palapa of Your Dreams. It's an 8% or double IPA. And this pretty badass Freddie Mercury 9%er from McKellar. It's a sweet can. It is a sweet can. It's actually pretty cool. I wish we had video, or I guess we could take a picture of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah you should sure. post a picture. Like la- last week, we had coffee, so we're not we're not doing that ever again. What? The the coffee thing. What happened? Well, one, the grinding is probably really annoying. I I, I you know. You know what? People like that. I guess there's people are listening to our podcast, or they just like they're they're <laughs> just they like the pain. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I, I listened to like 10 minutes of it. Once you started grinding, I was cracking up. And then I was like, dude, how long you grinded beans for, man? I, had a, I got a good workout, dude. I was burning some calories yeah, right there, and then dude. you, uh, yeah. Did you get, were you wired after this? I was so wired, dude. Like, <laughs> I couldn't sleep, man. Like, there's a thing with, with French press. I don't know if there's any science to it, but I feel like there's way more caffeine in a French press. Well, check it out, dude. So I, I tweaked the, um. Uh, the actual grinder. Yeah, like we in the parking lot, right? Right. Did you do? Did you try it out? For I that? tried it out. I think I got it dialed, dude. Was it better? Yeah. The, it how, was. How was it better? It, it's not as coarse. But, but I mean, like, how was the coffee better though? <clears throat> it's a lot richer. Okay. I think. Uh, did it pour darker? Yes. Because I, I noticed that when we had it, like it, the way we had it, was it kind of clear. Well, it's clear, but I, I feel like when I do that with the, the French press, it almost tastes. It's more sour. Like, it doesn't have, like, the coffee flavor. Like, if it's too clear like that, mm-hmm. it has, like, more of a bite, like a like a tang to it. Interesting. Um, but I, I did, I used my French press uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Are those the, the case coffee grounds? I mean, the yeah, coffee beans? I used that, the the black bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just have a, it's a, one of those electric grinders, the, the top where you mm-hmm. press it down. And it's terrible as far as getting, like, a, a consistent grind. It actually came out pretty decent, and it was really coarse, actually. So did you go finer or coarser? Finer. You went finer. Mm-hmm. It better, huh? Yeah, because I, I went to Baja that, that weekend when camping. Okay. Dude, it, uh, yeah. No issue with grit at the bottom? No. I mean, you know what? I hate you, that. You, you, I, I, you I, don't, I, don't, I don't pour that last bit. I leave that. I don't I don't empty the whole thing. Do, do you? I, I get, like, a little, like, like, a real thick coating on the bottom. Yeah. But that's probably from, the from like, the real super fine stuff you yeah. know what i mean and, and even, even like you know you go to starbucks you, you you still get a little bit of it you know yeah i just feel like the french press gets a little bit more my french press might be a little old too so no no, no maybe the, the mesh is going bad so a buddy of mine um he listens to the podcast and he sent me a picture he goes chemex that's what we're talking about like this this it's like a filter right it's called chemex okay and you pour it in you know you pour it right and then it filters out like oh yeah yeah, yeah. that um yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, it's yeah. called the Chemex. Nice. Should so. get one. 
If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> so yeah, all right, man. Let's 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 get into this beer here, dude. You know, before before we start we start talking about bikes, let's, let's pop some cans, popping bottles. All right, so we're gonna start with the with the uh, modern times. Ooh, that was good. All right, let me let me grab, let me uh, let me have your fancy little cup there, Jordan. So I I don't know if any of your your our whatever you want to call it listeners have this thing, but our it's a team effort. It's not a it's not a me. It's a we. Um, I have this strong aversion to the sound of high quality pouring of liquids and or uh opening of of cans and bottles you have a what a strong dislike oh you don't like it so why not so i looked it up this is probably the weirdest thing to some people and some people are like dude i can't believe like i'm not the only one but i looked it up on google it's a thing there's actually a that's like a phobia like there's a name for it some phobia I, i don't have a fear of it smell good yeah. Oh dang, it does smell good. Yeah. See, but you, you like the hate. I like stuff. it. I never, right. I never hated them. I just think right. it's funny. That's all you drink. I mean, <laughs> diversify yourself, bro. I, I do like, a, I do like a, a good, a good IPA. Yes, the new stuff at <laughs> Cisfontaine. I like it. It's good. Uh, somebody. Oh, um, this actually, this, this one here from Carl Strauss. Okay. That one, the uh, Aurora Hoppy Hopolis, whatever. That one. Kay. I like that one. It's pretty good. Anyways, what I was saying, yeah. when you're at the movies, yeah. and then the movie theater is sponsored by Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. and they do the whole thing where it like, opens up, cracks the you know, the, the bottle or can, and, uh-huh. and then pours, and it's like that super high-def pour sound. Yeah. Makes my skin crawl. Really? It makes my skin crawl. So you think listeners don't like that? I'm sure people... I, I'm weird in this situation. I'm, sure, I'm definitely the minority, but I I can't stand it. Well, just... But, but see... It, People feel like they're in they're in the studio with oh, us I know drinking, exactly what the drinking a good quality beer. Yeah, but I for some reason in my head it's it's almost like I don't get the nails on the chalkboard thing like that doesn't bother me but like I'm sure it's the same kind of effect where I just can't stand it. Just a just Ooh, a weird fact. That's good. Cheers, by the way. Cheers, thanks, man. thanks for drinking before we cheers. It's really cheers, really well, you, dude. you just keep you keep jibber jabbering, man. I want to drink this damn beer. It's a podcast, bro. What, are you, <laughs> what else are you supposed to do? I'm fired up today, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Spit vinegar. <laughs> Maybe you start making, you know, we'll we'll bring a little grill. We can make a indoor grill, huh? <laughs> indoor grill, dude. <laughs> they ca- call those ca- stoves. Oh uh, yeah, one of those, dude, like a, a <laughs> cast iron, you know, the pan. Heck yeah. And a big thick cut of ribeye, you know. I don't know, man. Smoke out the whole place, yeah, sure. I mean, we can put. We got, we got, we got fans in here, dude. We, we're we can fine. do like mini steaks. We can do. Uh, Oh, dude, I'm so down. Mini so, steaks? What the hell are you talking about? Well, you're not steaks? just going to cook, like, just fat ribeyes, are you? <sighs> well, at least one. I'm trying to do, like, Korean barbecue style, just, like, thin slice, maybe, just, uh, you know, like, as we're doing it, just grill it up. You really want that sound, bro. Have that microphone on Ooh, top. Ooh, the sizzling, dude? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That would be pretty good. So, let, let me ask definitely you. Definitely not going to happen, but it's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a fire hazard. Uh, um, when you prep... When you're like ready to throw, a, you know, your ribeye, mm-hmm. steak, on, whatever. Uh, yeah, steak, whatever. No, I'm, I'm talking about it because like, I like a ribeye, right? Okay. Let's talk. Let's just stick to ribeye. Okay. What are you What are you using to prep the meat? And then what are you putting? Are you using regular canola oil? Are you using olive oil? What kind of oil are you using? And are you using? Are you putting a little bit of like, maybe like thinly sliced garlic in there, or a little bit of onions in there, or what do you, how do you how do you do your, your your meat your cut of meat when you're you're gonna cook it? So I haven't really done it in a while, but uh, for a while I was on like a kick of just I would go to Costco and I would get their um, whatever the not prime or uh, not the uh, choice 
Yeah, it was choice, not the what do you call it? Is it prime? Is above that? I think. I think it's whatever choice the, and then prime. Whatever. Right? The, yeah, I think so. Whatever the medium, I think it was choice, and that's actually really good. Costco has that. Um, and I was just getting yeah the ribeyes. It was like a four pack. I forgot how many pounds it was, and it was like probably fifty bucks. But I would split it in like I was enough to uh, split it in two and make lunch out of it, or dinner obviously. But um, the only way I don't have a grill, obviously, uh, for the time being, not obviously, people don't know my life, but, <laughs> but little, um, little by little they get to know who Jordan Steyer is. I guess is. so. Um, definitely weirder the more you get to know me. <laughs> but uh, no, so I, I I was I just use a uh, a ten inch um, cast iron pan. I'll heat that guy up for uh, you know you're supposed to do it in the in the oven. So if it's a weekend, I'll, I'll heat it up in the oven so the whole uh, pan gets hot. Really? Yeah, you're supposed to do that to prep it. Okay. Um, that way it's not just on the stove getting hot on the bottom and then you're relying on the heat to move everywhere mm-hmm. else. So stick it in the oven um, pretty high. So like I, I have the oven on regardless when I do this. So to start, turn the oven on to, I think I was doing 375, 400. Um, stick the po- uh, pan in there and then you know prep your sides or whatever. And then for the steak, I did some like research on like what the science is on how to like, uh, or how long you're supposed to let them sit out and uh, you know reach room temperature, or if, if you just want to you know bring it straight out of the fridge. So I guess there's a in the salting process too. I only use st- uh, salt and pepper. I don't do steaks, uh, salt or anything crazy. I, ju- I just use uh, Himalayan pink salt, man. I go fancy, bro. Okay, I just do kosher salt, man. Uh, you know, just like like a coarser. Just black pepper. You know what? Uh, I've had a bad experience with with the pepper when it people over pepper the steak, yeah. and all you taste is the damn pepper. So I'm yeah, like, and it burns, nah. and then like, you yes, know, like like an hour after your dinner, you get like a, a little yeah. bit of heartburn. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. <laughs> so what I what I found out was that if you salt it, either you salt it and directly put it on the pan, or you salt it and wait. I think it was forty minutes. So this guy broke down the the science of um, you want the steak to be dry going in the pan. You don't want you don't want a wet steak, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when you salt the thing, within the first two minutes you're you're clear. After the first two minutes, the salt starts to bring the moisture out of the, the meat, mm-hmm. and then during that period between the two minutes and the forty minutes, the the moisture is working its way out, then back in. So after forty minutes, you're good. It, it seeps back into the meat. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So that, if that's, I, that's a lot of winning around, though, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, for somebody but that's hungry, dude, they're gonna be like, you know what? Screw this. Grab the steak out of the fridge. So you can so that's, salt that's, it up and boom. That's exactly what we said. So you could either do in that first two minute window, mm-hmm. stick it on, or you can. Um, usually, I'll have time. I'll just take the steak out if it's already like thawing out. I'll take it out and I'll salt it and then, whatever. Right. Either way. So then the pan's uh, you know hot, ready in the in the oven. Uh, bring it out. Put it on the stove at the uh, medium high. I made the mistake of using uh, olive oil the first time around. Some people still use it. I, I don't. But the first time I did it, it just smoked out the place. Really? I now use um, avocado okay. avocado oil. Actually. Avocado oil. So Costco has a, like a big bottle of it. It's pretty expensive um, if you buy just a, like a smaller bottle. Mm-hmm. But Costco has a big bottle that wasn't too bad. And um, it's got a super high burning point, smoke mm-hmm. point. Okay. So um, I don't experience any crazy smoking from it, which is nice inside. And uh, it's a good steak. As far as uh, sides and what or like uh, – like Add- additives or whatever. Like yeah. I'll do garlic sometimes, but um, and shallots are pretty good too. Okay, but um, if I get fancy, I'll do that with like the rosemary sprig and everything mm-hmm. put in there. But yeah, usually just uh, okay. So I guess my process, um, depending on the size of the steak, I usually go for like inch and a half thick, and then once I put it on the pan, I do was it three and a half minutes each side, 
and then uh, directly off the stove back in the oven at 375, and I'll leave it in there for about 7 to 10 minutes. So it's like, like a broil? Depending on the size. Uh, would that, would that, would you call that a broil, or what do you call that? So you, all you're doing is you're, you're searing it um, for that first three minutes, three mm-hmm. and a half minutes on each side, and then you stick it in the oven to finish. I don't know if you call that a broil, but like it's just you're just it, it's I guess it's just searing it. You could do a reverse sear too. Some people will bring the meat up to temperature and then they'll sear it quick. Mm-hmm. But I just do that, stick it in the oven for seven to ten minutes. I'll put butter on top, stick it in the oven. Okay. Bring it out. It's freaking good. Mm. It's really good. I've had really good luck with that. Okay. So that's my long drawn out process of doing it. I mean, it. it's interesting, dude. I mean, you know. Um people have their own ways of doing it for sure. Right. But sometimes it's like, Oh, well I wanna try that now. Yeah, I I, I want to grill obviously, but I just you know cast iron works pretty well. So mm-hmm. now you don't the proper process of when you have a cast iron is you're not you're supposed to just wipe it off and put it away, right? Yeah, you're not supposed to wash it. So um, yeah, you're not supposed to use soaps. Some I mean, there's so many different uh, methods that people bring up. Like some people are like just use a little bit of soap, and I I haven't used soap on mine. Like I when I first got it, it's just one of those lodge whatever ones you get from Target, and um, it's already pre-seasoned when you get them, but I just seasoned it myself. Um, once I got it, which I just put it in the oven at whatever the highest temperature for 15, 20 minutes. Took it out, and then I put the avocado oil all over it, mm-hmm. the handle and everything, like literally everything, the bottom, inside, everything. And then you put it back in the oven for you know 45 minutes or something like that, and you just repeat the process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and when, I, when I cook the steaks, just make sure you clean the stuff fast. Don't let it sit, obviously. Right. I'll, I'll just usually use a... Uh, like a paper towel, or I have like a towel that I use, um, just like a throwaway towel, and I'll just use uh, kosher salt as like the abrasive, mm-hmm. and I'll just use that to kind okay. of clean it off, and then I'll just put oil back in it, wipe it back in to where it's like a nice coating, and then I'll just put it away. Hmm. Okay, it works pretty well. well. What, are your, what are your thoughts on this beer? It's good. Do you like it? Yeah, yeah, it's tasty. I mean, uh, hazies to me all kind of taste the same. Really? Okay. I mean, this one's a little different. I like them because I feel like they're I'm, – I'm getting the IPA effect without the IPA bite. Where I, I mean, obviously the alcohol – I mean, what's this one? Five and a half, so this one's pretty yeah, low. pretty low. It's medium, I guess. Um, but it's, it's good. It's They're really smooth. Mm-hmm. So speaking yeah. of smooth, Santa Cruz Blur Trail. So let's – yeah, segue. <laughs> I do I do pretty aggressive, man. I don't mess around. All right. I don't know why we even got on a steak subject, but appreciate it. I, I love steak. Uh, so do I. I, I hard blue, steak. I, I cooked a bluefin <laughs> steak uh, last night, actually. Yeah, sick in my bro. Anyways, whatever do that. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Anyway, so yeah, you uh, you rode the Blur TR, which definitely catches my attention. It's a yeah. Bike. Um, you know. <clears throat> you rode down Baja, right? That's yeah, all. yeah. So I stopped by the shop in Tustin, the Path Bike Shop, and uh, grabbed the demo bike and large, you know, so it's what I believe it's a Fox thirty. It's thirty four step cast. Yeah. Thirty four step cast. One twenty. Yeah, one twenty, and uh, complete lockout. You know, I mean, it's it's like the CC blinged out one. You know what I mean? I don't well, know. they they only come in that. So yeah. when I was looking it up, they only, they start the TR starts at like sixty eight hundred bucks. They don't have a C build TR. So as it's of CC. Yet. Yeah. Okay. XO one. Right. Yeah. First impression is that it just the the build is a real nice build. The color black and white. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. go wrong with it. You know, it's got the uh, carbon wheels. You Did know, it have reserve wheels? Reserve yeah. wheels, yeah. Okay. And, you know, carbon. I mean, it, everything, right. was, I everything was carbon, that. dude. Everything was carbon. Um, <clears throat> weighed about 20, I want to say 26. 
It's large. Probably around there. 26. Drop like her that. post and everything. Yeah, drop her post it's and nice. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. So set it up, you know, change, you know, play with the air pressure and the tires and, um, you know, set, well, when I, I took it down to Baja, did, um, did some trail work on Saturday, did about two, two and a half, two and a half hour hike up to the mountain. Uh, we're building those stages, you know, one stage actually, the other ones are all done, but one stage for the Ensenada Bike Fest, you know, it's going to be part of the California Enduro Series. And, uh, dude, it's, I mean, a two and a half hour hike up to the top, dude, that's... It was raining too, wasn't it? It was like a... If, if I saw that picture, like, you, you, had, know, a, you had a hood on and everything, it yeah, looked, it looked it, cold. It, um, it was a little windy, but it wasn't like a, like a downpour, it was more like a drizzle, like a constant drizzle, or... Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like raindrops, you know what, what I mean? Was it good to build in, though? Like, yeah, pretty yeah, decent? but you know, it was, yeah, but I mean, all we're doing is we're just cutting down a lot of uh, um, brush. No, well, I, well, there's a lot of live stuff there. Uh, there's a lot of big manzanitas. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was yeah. cool because it, one of them was like all red, and with the with, with the with the moisture, I mean, it was like it was almost like glowing. It was pretty cool. Nice. So we kind of we kind of went around that one and kind of left left it alone. But you know, we're pretty much just trailblazing. You know, just cutting trails and figuring out okay, what's what's the route going to be. You know, because we, we, you know, the way we do it is we go off of like maps, right? Like for like a topography. Yeah. Okay, you know, let's plot our way. Then you know, then we start just kind of marching forward and you know, cutting cutting stuff down and kind of looking at what we can work with. You know, that's kind of how they do it over there. Yeah. Down in Ensenada. So I was pretty toast the rest of the day, dude. I was like, just chilling. I'm done, dude. So Sunday morning, grab the bike, and uh, my one of the guys down there. Um, Luis Luna, he's uh, he's helping with the cross country course. Nice. So, it's, dude, it's gonna be a bitching course, about ten miles and like fifteen hundred feet of climbing. You you guys are gonna dig it, dude. It's ninety percent single track. It's totally worth, you know, going down there and, and you know riding. And the scenery is pretty bitching too, because you're kind of like in the valley, mm-hmm. you, you know, where where the ranch is at. So, we all went out just to mellow pace, and uh, it's set up with a thirty four chainring up front, eagle. Mm-hmm. But I haven't ridden much, dude. So it's pretty tough, yeah, for sure. I was find myself in the granny gear, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> trying to rock crawl my way up, up some stuff. It, you know, some of the some of the, the switch bags and stuff like that are kind of steep. Yeah. Um, overall, I mean, the, you know, suspension was pretty easy to set up. Um, cockpit was really nice. I don't have to change anything at all. Just the way it came from the. I don't know if that somebody asked had previously before I did, where they changed the stack height, but it was mm-hmm. set up pretty nice. You know. Um, <clears throat> What I the only thing I didn't like about that bike was the ghost locking, as I would like to call it. So it's got a grip shiftier deal to lock the or actually to open up the suspension because it has the uh, the fork and the shock lockout simultaneously. It's, it's, it's a grip. Uh, it's a grip shift deal. It's like a little shift deal. Oh, weird. And then and then it's got a little button to unlock it. So you you only okay. you know and I you know I got a big hand right. So you you the real estate. To like grab onto the bars, it, yeah. it's pretty small, right? So you have you have to be real careful when you're descending or climbing, because if you like make any effort to move your your hand a little bit, it might it, jerk it. And it might jerk it, and, and it'll it starts unlocking it, and then so I, I did experience that. I'm like, why does it keep doing it? So I, I I got a little frustrated with that. Did it lock the fork and the shock, or is it just the shock on that one? Both. The the 34 locks too, huh? Yep. Yep. Okay. So you so basically you twist it to unlock it. Yeah. Right, and then it's got a little button, a little rock shock button, and, and you hit the button that 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 locks it up. That doesn't make any sense. That it's Fox stuff. Well, it said rock shock on there, dude. So maybe it was Fox. I don't remember. I would only say it was a, it was a grip 
you know, like a, like a, like how, you know, RockShock had their, the grip shift deal. It was the same deal like that. You just, you twist it, you, you kind of, it's like a motorcycle, right? Where you yeah. can like give it throttle and, and then that, that keeps it unlocked or the suspension lively. And then you hit the button and that locks it. So I would, s- that's interesting. So I, I saw a guy post a video on YouTube with like his review of his, uh, his blur, you know, not, not the TR, but it was like a, like the C something like an S build or R build something it was like it wasn't a CC frame but either way it had a 32 step cast and a Fox rear shock and the guy had the Fox uh, lever kit on it for the lockout and it was like a thumb lever for both the, like the lockout and like the unlock mm-hmm. and uh, when he was installing it I guess he broke the bolt or something or oh, he, he, I think he broke them out and he had it zip tied so maybe that that was an issue because mm. I guess the torque on it, he said was like nothing. So it, like when he went to torque it down, he's like I wasn't even tightening it that much and it yep. didn't snap. So I wonder if the path. I wonder if that's like a quick fix what they're doing right now. That's weird. I, I, I mean that. I, I want to say it had it had, it had rock shock on there. I want to say. Yeah, because Fox doesn't have a grip shift thing. That's weird. It was a grip shift on there. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Must be the same uh, cable pole then. So that was that was frustrating me on the ride. That's bad. Yeah, that's you that's know? kind of a big deal. Because, you know, you, you, I, we started descending some, some rocky stuff, and it would lock out. I'm like, oh, crap, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So you'd have to, like, focus on that versus the trail in front of you. Okay. Right? So, I, you know, after after a while, I'm like, you know what? Screw it, dude. I'm just whatever. Yeah. You know, I kind of got over it. Yeah, it's kind of But, um, um, I mean, it's pretty stiff, dude. Yeah, I'm a big dude. So <clears throat> finding a bike that's stiff is very important, you know. Especially that light, too. Yeah. It's a light bike. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I think it, it's, it would be ideal for kind of what you want to do, which is more of a endurance style of a deal versus, you know, kind of like a, a two bikes in one type of deal because that's what you yeah. want. Yeah, that's that's been my biggest. I mean, obviously, so topic today for, uh, I don't know if we even brought it up. Topic steaks and today, bikes. It's going to be, yeah, <laughs> steaks and bikes. It's going to be uh, basically, I'll, I'll explain like a, a basic, you know, I'll explain people that are in the know will know but as far as carbon bikes go there's different levels of carbon that people offer um so santa cruz being one of them yeti and specialize and all these other companies trek but um yeah the blur is one of the main bikes that i'm i'm looking at is the price range for me it's a little you know whatever compared to the the yeti it's cheaper for sure but it's definitely on the top of my list though i think the blur because it seems to kind of blur those lines where like the the geo is pretty good i think it's like a 68 and a half head angle and the tr is like 68 124 100 rear i think i think i can i can you know shred on that thing pretty mm-hmm. good if i needed to um obviously i'll get overwhelmed on some of the steep, steeper stuff but i think that'd be a good you know quiver killer type bike yeah and still be sure. able to race xc oh yeah you know for some people uh, you know that that one bike would be like a 140 bike or a 130 but that one i think would work pretty well so i can actually do still have fun you know i don't want to give up the big bike fun stuff you know um I, i'm kind of I, I honestly I, i'd rather go back to that pivot I mean, we're not talking about pivot, but forty nine, huh? Yeah, I like that. I I think for what I want to do, I think I feel more comfortable, and it was a lot. Same, it was still stiff, you know, and it has, a, you know, it doesn't have the lockout feature, but it's okay. But it, you know, has plenty of travel. You know, the build, the thing, the build that I was looking at was a pro build, which is, um, you know, had better brakes, so it had the Shimano brakes. You know, it still had the X O one carbon cranks, um, carbon bars, seat dropper. 34 up front i mean it was still pretty damn light you know i mean it, it, it didn't it didn't have carbon wheels but it's okay that's more of a trail bike than the blur though i'd say right yeah wouldn't you think yeah i think it's a one was it a 110 travel rear around there it's not a 100 no I know it's, that a, much. it's a 110 it's i think it's a one, 120 120 yeah maybe 115 rear 
I know their travel numbers are a little funky. I should know better than this. Yeah. But yeah, that's well. Bill was saying that psychological. He, mm-hmm. was, he was saying that well, that's a. It's been a popular bike. It's been a good all-around bike. I right. just, I haven't put much thought into it, and I've, I've never really. I mean, I've ridden a couple pivots. Nothing crazy. He likes them. I mean, I, and their uh, their XC team, their marathon team, is on those bikes. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a cool looking bike. I guess I'd I'd have to ride it. I, I can't right. I can't I can't knock it till I try it. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It right. looks it looks complicated. I don't know I don't know if it's the just the um, the aesthetics of the bike just looks complicated. Even though it's probably the same as like a Santa Cruz as far I mean, obviously like as far as the the pivots go. It's a it's a dual link suspension. But there's, w, some, there's something w link yeah yeah there's something about the the Santa Cruz that just looks cleaner. It looks simpler. It well, it, it's it's more refined in a way where the it's everything's a little bit smaller. It's like tucked. Yeah. So Santa Cruz is tucked. Refined is a it would be a tough word because I think they're they're both refined. But from I mean, a, from a performance standpoint. But if you look at them like like compare like one to another, the the pivot looks a lot more bulkier. You yeah, it's I mean? swoopy and yeah. like where the Santa, especially the new Santa Cruz. What I like is the top tube is just straight. Right. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Low slung, but it's straight. Mm-hmm. It's 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 weird. I don't know. I, I'd have to ride it. Okay. I, I like the understated look of the Santa Cruz, but yeah, I guess I'd have to try them both. Right. So what? I mean, you got you got the statute right comparing um, like kind of. I mean, I guess you would, you can you can call it apples to apples, right? Because you know, Santa Cruz has CC. Um, you know, yet he's got the torque. 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 Yeah. Like turquoise. Yeah, turque. Yeah, which so is they're like super. You know, it's a lighter frame, correct? Yeah. So I, like basically, what I, I did a little bit of uh, research on. Um, Basically comparing companies' premium carbon to regular carbon, I guess you can call it regular carbon frames. Um, and the three companies that I mostly looked at were um, Santa Cruz, Getty, and Scott. Mm. And other companies use it too. Um, Specialized, um, they've been doing it for years. I mean, there's, there's some companies like like uh, Santa Cruz, I think, started in like 2014, 2015 to, to offer C and CC frames, CC being the nicer frame. And I want to say Yeti about the same time, maybe a year later, um, started doing Turk series versus the regular carbon frames. Mm. But um, Specialized has been doing it for years um, under their Fact Carbon, um, and uh, Trek has been doing it for years as well with the OCLV, I want to say. Um, so for Specialized, it's either their expert build or their S-Works build, correct? Yeah, so just uh, just like what we were talking about earlier before we started the podcast, they... Um, because S Works bike now they use well their carbon their acronym is is fact um, carbon, and I wish I knew the uh, acronym. Either way, they um, they level it. F- it's like fact twelve M or I think it's is it twelve M that's their new stuff. That's what I was looking up. I think I think so. I think maybe you said I think you were saying the uh, um, the eleven so was last year. Yeah. Well, so like what they do is basically. This year, so what I looked up was 2017's S-Works Epic or S-Works Bikes in general use 11M, and I want to say that like obviously the cheaper ones would use like a 10M. Now the 2018-2019 frames use 11M for the base models, and then the S-Works gets a 12M. So basically the, your your new Epic Comp Carbon uses, last, uses 2017's S-Works frames, so that's how they kind of do it. Versus like a Santa Cruz or a Yeti, they have just two levels. They don't really, at least they don't really have the same kind of marketing, I guess, behind it. Where it, it's they, they kind of differentiate definitely the two differences. They don't have like progressively better carbons per year. Mm-hmm. It's just good carbon, bad carbon, not bad carbon. So, so good th- carbon, 
carbon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, don't want to say bad. Right. So fact, uh, functional advanced composite technology. Okay. Boom. It's okay. Just marketing. Yeah, marketing. <laughs> Thanks for looking that up. Yeah. Um. So with Santa Cruz, they have C and CC. Yeti has Turk, and uh, just uh, they just called their carbon their basic carbon carbon. And then Scott, I was another one I was looking up, and they have actually a lot of information on their website. That was loud. Um, they have an HMF frame, HMX frame, and HMX SL. Um, first one being the uh, base level, and the HMX SL being the highest level. Um, so my, what I wanted to find out was weight differences, and it was kind of tough with some of them. But another interesting thing I found out was stiffness. So with um, Yeti was an interesting thing. So Yeti claims that the Turk series takes off 200 to 400 grams from a frame. Okay, well, but let, let depending me cut, on a frame. Yeah, let me cut you off. What's the price difference between a a torque, Turk, 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 or non-Turk frame? So, so they don't have frame to frame references, but it's pretty significant. So if you get a Turk, an SB one hundred Turk frame is thirty four hundred bucks um, with shock, and then the base build SB one hundred with the regular carbon frame is is uh, five thousand. So thirty four hundred to five thousand. So that's that's it's significant. I mean that's you know sixteen hundred bucks difference gets you a complete bike with a cheaper carbon frame. That's not as uh, I guess mind blowing, but compared to the what's really crazy. So you can get a uh, the blur that you're talking about the blur um, frame. Mm-hmm. You can get the CC. Is this the same one that you're no. thinking? No, I have to you, you gotta one. finish that one. So the blur CC frame um, with shock. Is three thousand bucks, but you can get a base blur C for thirty seven hundred dollars. Complete. Complete for thirty seven hundred, or a CC frame for three thousand. That's crazy. <sighs> that is for six hundred bucks more. You can get a complete bike with a lesser carbon, a heavier carbon. So basically, I, a, the idea the idea I'm getting right. from this is that you're you're they're using a a not I wouldn't say lower grade maybe. It just it's not maybe, an, it's, the layup is different maybe. It's different carbon fiber. So, like with okay. with Scott, they use they say that they um, use the highest tensile strength carbon for their their nicest carbon. It's T eleven hundred G fiber carbon fiber. Okay. They have T um, twelve hundred, I guess. Um, no, they they use T one thousand G. They have T eleven G. Like the Terminator one thousand. They use fancy <laughs> whatever it is. It's a, it's a universal. Uh, um, uh, I guess you call part number for the fiber carbon okay. fiber. But um, essentially, you get different carbon. The, the cheaper the carbon, the less tensile strength, the more you have to use. Mm-hmm. Hence, being heavier is basically the gist that I was getting from it. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting a lesser frame, depending on how you look at it, compared to the higher-end frame. The interesting thing I, I did find, though, is on Yeti's website, they did say that the Turk frames are 25% stiffer, which is huge. So, I mean, how, how would they... Do testing, right? I mean, they got they got to put it through some kind of cycles or something. Yeah, to which it out. which most of these, I mean, I guess Yeti's a smaller company to an extent, but I mean, most of the, the big companies definitely have their own testing. But if they if they're truly getting twenty five percent difference in in stiffness, I'm surprised there's not more people doing side by side testing. I mean, that's a huge difference. I mean, twenty five percent. That's that's actually kind of ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a huge jump. That's not just heavier. Like they're they're saying two hundred to four hundred grams lighter for the Turks uh, frame, depending on the frame. Which is you know half a pound to you know a little over three quarters of a pound, and it's twenty five percent stiffer. 
That's crazy. That's that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge difference, especially if you're in cross country, whatever you're doing. So I I found that weird. Other companies claim that there, like there isn't much of a stiffness difference. They just do like with Scott, they use the higher end carbon uh, with the higher tensile strength, but they're able to get the same stiffness with less material. So if you have a high tensile strength carbon, you use less of it mm-hmm. versus the lower tensile strength, which makes sense. Yep. But um, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. I I I don't really know. I mean, twenty five percent. That's a huge gap. I would think. Wouldn't I mean, wouldn't that be kind of a yeah, a weird that's, thing. A, that's a lot, dude. I mean, if it's if it is truly, what, what are the pros and cons to to having that that's that much of a stiffness of to a frame? Well, they say that it's uh, like too stiff of a frame is bad, but I can't imagine that they would make it too stiff. But it's weird that you're saving weight and you're getting a quarter stiffer frame. It's just hmm. it's weird. It's the only company I found that was really saying that it's it's also that stiffer and that much stiffer too. Like where Scott says like. For the HMX uh, frame, using that high-end uh, carbon, it's the carbon itself is 20% stiffer than the base-level HMF frame, but they use less of it to achieve, achieve the same stiffness. It's a trip, dude. So you're using less material, but you're paying more money for it. But it's high-end material. But it's higher, yeah, it's, higher. It's a, it's a more, I would say, laborious process probably to make that, that carbon. It's just a higher, higher grade. The weaving, I think? Mm-hmm. You know, the weaving or the purity of it or something? Yeah, I'd have to look more in the nitty gritty with that, but I would assume, yeah. I mean, it's just like getting like higher end steel versus cheap steel. That's true. I mean, I know there's a company called I think Zero Uno. Uh, the uh, oh, um, that guy in Spain. Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Pacheco. I've heard of Pacheco rides their stuff. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, um, and handlebars and whatnot. No, no, they're like a, it's a bicycle frame. Oh, is he? Ha- yeah. Is he getting Uno frames? Yeah, Pacheco. Yeah, um, and uh, they, they're using you know expensive those frames form, Formula One style technology, you know, like some kind of like um, what do they call it? Um, I forgot what the style that they're doing, but they that shop also like honeycomb does or something or hollow something. I don't know something like that. But it's a trip to like, uh, you know, like one sport will affect another sport. You know what I mean? Like Formula One racing, like development of carbon fiber and lighter, stiffer, faster type of deal will kind of. Tr- kind of go into you know mountain bikes or something else or even the auto- automotive industry like like regular cars well that same factory where they do that stuff the uno frames yeah um, they do uh it's uh moto gp stuff so they do um like race bikes like wow. ra- race street bikes that's what they're kind of doing okay. like the prototype carbon stuff carbon rotors and whatnot too i think they were making i could be wrong yeah like it, they, they, they didn't work so well in mountain bikes because of the no. heat deal i remember yeah. uh, uh awesome one one guy from bear valley bikes Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I know you're talking about the Her- Herminator, big tall guy. Yeah, and uh, um, he was he was putting carbon rotors on his bike, and you just don't develop enough heat where you can it'll work. You That's the mean? problem, right? They have to be they have to be a certain temperature to actually yeah. like yeah. That's why you know there's Ferraris that use them and Formula One cars and you know motor, you know MotoGP because they're going like 200 miles an hour and they're you know they're just breaking to these corners and hitting the apexes. Yeah, and and they're they're kind of rubbing the whole time aren't they kind of sort of like they're not they're not like floating like free floating i'm not sure well it's like i don't know if it's like freaking civic but when i took my uh when i was doing my brake jobs on my on my civic i felt like the brakes were always kind of rubbing a little bit yeah is that Mm -hmm. is that normal i I think so i think i think it's to all cars like that yeah the calipers do float though they have like that floating uh oh you're gonna like this one dude palapa of my dreams dude the smell is pretty damn good yeah, Alvarado Street Brewing Company in Salinas, dude. They got some good stuff. 
but uh, well, that's good. 8% going from 5 to 8, and then the Freddie Mercury, 9%er, dude. See how it is. I'm going to keep on going. So, I mean, just looking at numbers-wise, as, as uh, you know, someone that's in, in, in the market to buy a new bike, without even test riding them, what, like, by the numbers, what bike would be more appealing to you? Um, so at the end of this thing, I, I, I basically had a couple takeaways. We'll bring that up, I guess, at the end. Um, kind of, a, 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 you know, the same kind of route that you're going there. But I, I would say because my, my pockets aren't deep, I'm not going to be looking at the, uh, the Turk series as much as that's a huge difference, um, in frame stiffness. They're just expensive bikes to begin with. And I personally don't feel like the extra money for me just it my my benefit from getting that better frame as, as far as how much money it costs i i feel like it's whatever you know i'll just ride whatever i can ride mm-hmm. um the sp100 is already kind of a heavy bike unless you spend a lot of money that's what not, i hear i mean i mean what's 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 the frame weight uh beats me i should know that I didn't really find anything for like that. Like twelve hundred grams, thirteen hundred grams. No, 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 no. Full suspension bikes are usually uh, like the the Scott one. I think they're the high end. The one that Johan has. Yeah. I think it's eighteen hundred grams with a shock, which is ridiculous, ridiculously wow. light. I think I think um, we're, they're the they're the lightest you know full suspension bike on the market right now. Scott, right? Uh, I would say the as far as a mainstream company, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like some European co- uh, company we don't know about, like boutique brand or something. Yeah, like Merida. I don't know if any of those companies have some crazy stuff, but um, maybe not Merida. What's the one that um, Mondraker? No, no, the one that Yolanda Neff is on. It might be Merida. You should know better than this. Either way, um, well, like your blur, the blur CC frame. I want to say that's uh, like two thousand fifty grams. Okay, which is good. It's definitely yeah. it's a really good weight. The SB one hundred though. Because it's it's built with a 34, they don't have a 32 fork build. That no one's making like a super XC version of that bike. So it, if you want the bike to be 23 pounds, you got to spend market price like you know eight, nine, ten thousand dollars depending on how you, you build think it. so. So well, like, well, I mean, you, you could you could put you know you could instead of doing carbon cranks, you can go to those uh, titanium cranks. That's same difference. It's lighter, right? Aren't they lighter? I don't think so. Compared to like next X, uh, next SL cranks, I think they're about the same. Maybe a little bit lighter. Okay. The titanium thing was only just like a blast from the past. It's cool. I like sure. it, dude. I, they look, they look freaking cool. It looks pretty sick. The, the welds are sweet, but yeah, you're not that's some craftsmanship much. behind it, dude. It's a thousand bucks for a crank set. I thought they were like eight hundred bucks, maybe. Okay, thousand bucks. It's still a lot of money. It's a lot of money for especially for retail. You e- know what I mean? Either way, you're not building that bike f- compared to the Scott, especially. You're not building it anywhere near what the Scott can be. It's to me, it's not. A, it's not a cross country bike. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't. Like they, they even advertise it like it's. This isn't going to be your XCO. So it's more like a cross trail bike, right? It's it's down like country, as they call down it. Down country. Okay. Um, but it's a like multi day uh, stage race bike, like BC bike race, like Jeff Kabush uh, did yeah. in the BC bike race. Um, or, or or even Downeyville. Like, yeah, is, is another one. Mm-hmm. But it's or, it's not your all out short track. It's not your all out XCO race bike doing laps. So it's more of where you're going to get a lot of the sending in, mm-hmm. a lot of technical stuff. And they so all come with dropper posts, too. No rigid posts, which yeah. is more common nowadays. But they're, ma- they're making a trail bike more I than th- a cross-country bike. Yeah, you know what? I, I was more of a fan of the Crank Brothers uh, Highline. Highline or? Was there a Fox transfer on the blur, or which one did you have? No, it, it had Rock Chuck. <sighs> yeah, I'm over that. Right? Yeah. You're having problems with yours, aren't you? Which one? All of them? Oof. Yeah, I've never had one that's last. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I had one last a year and a half, which is 
pretty awesome. But uh, the Crank Brothers, dude. I mean, it's it Good, works huh? great. Yeah, they you know, seem to be doing lighter. well. It's lighter, dude. Yeah, and it's a one sixty drop, which is weird. Yeah, it's like you want that one fifty, you got one sixty. Yeah, here you go. You know, because it's it's like uh, you know uses the same kind of like actuator or whatever as like the the giant stuff. You know, or you know the other brands that are using. Yeah, it. they all use all use the same cable uh, pull. The mm-hmm. ratio is the same. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get like a wolf tooth uh, lever. I'm assuming if you want the big thumb lever. Yeah. But how, what does it come with? It, it comes with a, with a thumb lever, but it's it's you like can, an, you can like you a can, like a shifter style or like the yes. ones. Okay. Like a shifter, and you can adjust it, dude. To the like angle. the position, yeah, That's which is cool. pretty cool. You know, and it was a pretty easy setup. You know, just how you you know how you do it. You install it and everything, so it was it was, it was pretty straightforward. You don't need to bleed anything. You just yeah pull everything, you know, run the cable and, and you know cut it to length, and you're good to go, dude. And I, I like that. Not too expensive, right? No, they're about middle of the road for most posts, and they're yeah. al- they're also like the cartridge style, where if they go bad, you just swap That's out ex- like 30, 40 bucks, whatever yeah. it is. Done. That that to me is like, dude, if you have Rock Shocks, no offense to any bike shops in particular, but when when you have a rebuild that costs you over a hundred dollars to rebuild your your seat post because it's i mean in 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 all honesty it should cost that much because it's a lot of work and it's intricate and no one else is doing it yep. you shouldn't have to spend over a hundred bucks to service a 400 hundred dollar part mm-hmm. how many times are you going to do that i mean I, I shouldn't say you should i mean i guess it is what it is but when you have companies that are doing 30 like the giant seat post you can get a 30 dollar cartridge and you whenever that thing goes bad you just you know Unbolt it, whatever. Take it out. Throw in the new cartridge. It's working. That's brand why. New again. I think that's why Crank Brothers did the same thing. I'm like, you know, it, it works. It's the best thing. Yeah. yeah. Boom. You can yeah. you can you can keep one in your in your, your toolbox. It's easy. Yeah. You know, as long as you're you're mechanically inclined and you know how to do it, it's probably a lot quicker than servicing a reverb. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's and you're not dealing. You're not digging around with the with bleeding the the cable and everything and hydraulics. Dude, especially if you're like on a trip, like you go to Utah or something, where you're like there for a couple of days, three days, four days, a week long trip. Yeah, I fully agree. I think that's just the evolution period of, of the seat post, and I'm, I'm curious to see where RockShox goes with uh, with their seat post. Mm-hmm. They, they can't stick around with what they got. I, I couldn't imagine. I, I don't think it's sustainable, especially in their warranty department. Uh, that that post has cost them more than it's made them, mm-hmm. I'd have to imagine. I am interested in, in, in some of their uh, <laughs> their um, electric ones, their digital ones. We'll um, see. We'll Magura, see what I think happens. Magura, Magura has one, I think. There's, I don't mm-hmm. know there's another brand that makes it, but... Oh, KS. I think KS has one too. Yeah, they just. I don't know. Is it? I don't know if it's for sale. Possibly it is. But yeah, I saw it at C. I saw. I saw it at Sea Otter. Otter had it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's. I think with e-bikes, uh, that's another thing I noticed too is that um, there's light companies coming out with uh, with lights that hook up to your e-bike, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense if you have an e-bike. That's that's cool. So I think that electric seat post might cater to that, but I I don't see the point. I mean, mm-hmm. cable works fine. I guess the wireless part's cool. Right. But just a blink factor. Well, and they say it's the ease of like if you have you know you don't have to buy multiple seat posts, you could just swap over the stuff to like one bike to another. Oh yeah, okay. You don't have that to. That makes sense. You don't have to like route everything, which makes sense. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I guess that's a. I don't know. It depends on your market, and, and yeah. also you're assuming your frames have the same seat post size. You can use a shim. Thirty point six, I think, right? Thirty point nine. Thirty point nine. Thirty one six. Yeah, thirty one six. Yeah. Point seven two. Right. Um. I I do like the fact that the uh, for the Santa Cruz Blur it's a pre- it's a threader bottom bracket, mm-hmm. and you know that that had the new dub system on there. Did it? Okay. Yeah. Which I mean, I okay. I I don't notice the difference, but uh, sure, whatever. You're not going to. Yeah. Right. I think the the difference is going to be in uh, 
the ease maybe of, of the future. I, I, as much as that, that whole system got hate, I think there is there, there was some logic put into it. I think the 28.99 millimeter axle uh, or bearing size, I feel like that was definitely gimmicky and probably a mistake on their part for putting that out there. Because one, holding tolerances to that small, like like a millimeter, is, yeah. is crazy. really hard. You know, and this it, is not airspace. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and if you were going to hold tolerances like that, your your bottom bracket's not going to cost you forty bucks. It's going to cost you a lot more than that. Right. So either way, um, I think the idea was to um, to basically make things more universal on it, and for as much hate as SRAM gets, and they they have started a lot of standards. I feel like that was a good move. Mm-hmm. And as, yeah, as far as differences, you're not going to feel much. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean that that bike it just looks more refined. If you look at the suspension, I like how Santa Cruz. I mean, it's been probably two or three years now where they've tucked that lower link now into the frame rather than hanging below. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of keeps the the frame looking pretty clean. Yeah. Keeps the dirt out of it, and you still have to maintain it, but it's it's definitely a lot better looking. Yeah, it's um, kind of shortened everything up, stiffer. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever had a bike that that has a press fit bottom bracket, so I don't know nope. if I don't know what the pros and cons are in that because I know the Yeti has a press fit bottom bracket. Mm-hmm. I think the Pivot also has a press fit bottom bracket i would assume so so i mean are you going to get any creaking any any kind of issues like how do you service that how do you deal with it because right now i mean you know we have the race face tool for our you know for for the bike that we have so we can just take off the bottom bracket and you know replace it or service it or whatever and you know you screw it back on and you're, you're good to go yeah i mean people still have their their um issues with press fit i I personally have not had issues, and I've been using I've had frames since like 2011 that had press fit, and I I never had an issue when it came to that. I I just I know people do have issues. Like Niner had a really bad uh, thing for a while with their um, bottom brackets. I mean, just the fitment being loose. Mm-hmm. So it all comes down to the the frame manufacturer. It's not the crank or anything, but um, people have creaking issues, and some people had to use like pipe sealant and retaining uh, compound and whatnot, and I. I, I think now that I, I haven't had an issue, I, I can say that I'd much rather have a threaded bottom bracket because it's easy. You just use a, a, a you know, wrench and, and your yeah, adapter tool. you're done. To me, that makes a lot of sense. But from an engineering standpoint, there's there's more flexibility with a, with a, a uh, press fit. Also, another thing, too, is, is mixing materials. So some companies, if they find it, and I think Pivot, now that you bring that up, I think they were one of the people saying that they don't feel confident as far as longevity wise, when it comes to having a aluminum sleeve, like using aluminum threads and everything, bonding that to a carbon frame, okay, which makes sense. So like you can, it, it works, but it's not ideal. Versus just making a carbon press. So that's another Interesting. argument, I guess. Is it because it, you know? Well, there, I mean, whenever oh. you're bonding materials, there's there's a, there's a risk for failure versus right. just having a solid carbon frame with that a is true. carbon press. But on average, how how long do people keep their bikes? And that could be a whole different topic. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously people, I say obvious, I mean, depending on who you're talking to, some people keep their bikes for a long time. And my dad bought his bike back in 2010, and he's still riding the thing, even though it's a pile of crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people, for obvious reasons, keep it for five-plus years. And I feel like if you're having a, a bike with a threaded, uh, threaded bottom bracket, that kind of makes more sense, as long as you're not ham-fisting the thing and ruining the threads. Where mm-hmm. a press fit, constantly pressing in and out cups might be a little weird, right. especially if you get metal cups. I mean, as much as I feel like the metal cups are probably a better fit, if you're having to move those in and out, which you shouldn't have to, because if you get like a, like a, um, like Hope or uh, Chris King, I think makes one. 
um, what's the other company? Man, uh, manufacturer, bike manufacturer, something or other. God, I'm, I'm blanking out. They, Car- they carbon, carbon or ceramic speed also makes makes them cool. Those are ridiculous though. And they're and they're pretty cool jockeys, right? They're they're. they're uh, what I was gonna say though, the, usually the metal retaining ones have the bearings. You could pop them out without having to like press the okay, metal out to replace them. Yeah, which makes more sense. No, okay. cer- ceramic speed. If you want to bring those guys up, that's crazy how much money you could spend on their stuff. Right. Like you could spend like fifteen hundred bucks in bearings for your bike. It's crazy. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, apparently, like I was talking to Thomas Rombacher, and he's you can feel the difference. I don't know, man. I'm just <laughs> I'm just reporting the news, man. I'm know. sure you can a little bit, but it's not worth it's that's that's literally like you're you're just putting icing on the cake. Like you have so much money, you're like, well, I mean, I, I, what else can I throw at this thing, dude? Well, I mean, if, you know, if you're gonna be doing endurance racing, it's all about wattage, right? So I I think if you can free up some watts in the jockeys, why not do it? I think they had the people have done that with like road racing with ceramic speed, and you're talking like maybe a watt, if that. You know, and that's that's if everything's working fine. Like mm-hmm. a, like a, a well lubed chain will go miles more than good bearings. Okay. I mean, as long as your bearings aren't shot, but if you have just a good middle of the road bearing versus a ceramic speed, it's the, the chain can be your biggest. You know what? Issue. I don't care what you say, man. I'm gonna get how I want it. <laughs> hey, bro. I mean, don't get it and give me all the money that you're gonna spend on that, and I'll be just happy. <laughs> that's charity work, bro. Just give yeah. it to me. I'll be happier than you're. Paying it, paying it forward. Paying it forward. And if ceramic speed is listening to this, hook a brother I up. Didn't mean any of that, <laughs> and I'm willing for <laughs> sponsorship. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll test your stuff out. Why not? Why not? Stupid. So you know, um, so going back to to the bikes, um, what's the so when they build a bike or they you know you know they have a concept, what's their ideal rider height, weight, weight, et cetera, et cetera? Like I mean. Like this bike works ideal for a certain person's body type, like 145 pounds, 200 pounds. I mean, w- I mean, it's tough. Where are we at here? Um, people don't really disclose all that much information. I mean, some some uh, components I've seen have weight limits. I think some well, some bikes have uh, will have weight limits as far as a fully loaded. They'll say, don't allow your fully loaded bike um, and gear be more than 300 pounds or 350, depending Uh-oh. on the bike. <laughs> Big Lou. Oh, oh, oh. So I mean, it's it's definitely something to 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 think about. But um, cut it out. If you're, if you're looking at it like a, I I wouldn't recommend you ride a, a whatever the HMX SL Scott frame mm-hmm. being eighteen hundred grams. That's that's a I mean that's a light frame for me at one hundred and eighty pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean you got to be one fifty one sixty. It'd be like an shirt. Yeah, I mean obviously it's probably fine, but yeah, that's uh, things get kind of weird at that point. But if you look at like Stan's uh, wheels, I think they, I'm assuming they still do. They'll show you like the crest wheel set can only go to like 190 pounds. Is that aluminum? Arch, like 220. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who does who who uses aluminum nowadays, man? Talk about carbon. Me, bro. Still use it. <laughs> I want to get you those prototype wheels here pretty soon, man. I'm. You're waiting. I'm pretty excited, you know. Well, once well, once once you get a new bike, cause those are boost. That's true. I need to sell my bike. Yeah. I should probably list that. Pink if bike. anybody wants a Pro Caliber 9.9. <laughs> Custom build. Shameless plug. <laughs> custom build a lot cheaper than the actual 9.9s XT with Fox Fork. Selling that thing. Hit me up. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the weight differences, I know Yeti with their um with their women's bikes, they use a different shock tune. Yeti, Yeti Betty. Yeah, the Yeti Bettys, they use a different shock tune, lighter shock tune, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird thing. They're assuming women are going to be lighter, which I guess on a whole, yeah, but 
there, there's been people that are like, well, I just want a regular shock. Like they, they need to offer. And if you're a shredder too, if you're a girl that shreds, you know, you want a bike that can kind of. Yeah. It's weird how they, they kind of assume. Assuming they're they're assuming bad. they're assuming your uh, your you by gender. Wow. But um, yeah, they have different lawsuit. Larry so. H. Parker, you know the story. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, all right, man, finish your beer, dude, and and let's try this. Let's try this palapa of your dreams. Yeah, Double IPA, eight percenter. Is this a fraternity, bros? Yeah, chug, 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 chug. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I I want I want to I want to try that Yeti. I've okay. never owned a Yeti. I think I want to try that SP100. Awesome looking bikes. Yeah. And the uh, the whole Switch Infinity Link is is daunting to some people, but from what I've seen and from what I've heard from friends of mine, super easy to work on. Well, it's not not a hard thing to service when it comes time. Right. And well, it it's just it's just disassembly and you know just you know it's about maintenance. Yeah. Super it's good. A big, it's bike. a big investment, dude. You know. You have to care of that stuff, man. Dude, these bikes are big investments, especially coming here 2019 with the tariffs and everything. It's a whole different topic. Uh, bikes are going to get really expensive, possibly. <laughs> should say really expensive, but I mean, definitely significantly more expensive. You, we'll you, we're talking about politics? I'm not going to bring this up. Yes on six. <laughs> hey, bro. Either if, way. If you want to talk about tariffs, man. You, you, uh, there's it, a it affects us all. Either well, way. I mean, you, you look at the gas tax, right? And, uh, <laughs> and he, here we go. Well, check it out, dude. Like, so this new study came out, right? So n- was it San Francisco, you San Jose, you and studied, what? You studied? Check it out. San Francisco, San Jose, and, and Las Vegas, uh, uh, Los Angeles, the top three worst roads in the United States. Top three, San Francisco, San Jose, Los Angeles. Okay. Where's all this damn money going, bro? Well, a lot of it's going to the school, and it's not being used well enough. Well, uh, well, but here's the deal. So, um, where where do you think it's going in the pockets of all the people? Is that you're saying? Well, I mean, it's just if if we have these taxes for a certain thing, allocated for a certain thing, use it for that. Don't be using it for other stuff. That's misappropriating the money, dude. Okay. Like if if, if the money's supposed. To, to, what does this have to do with tariffs? I'm talking about taxes. You just totally derailed it. D- you're telling straight, me. You're straight. telling me. Oh, you going political? All right. <laughs> you started uh, it, man. You fired. Oh, uh, bro. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you know, know what? Uh, we need plastic bags back in the freaking grocery no, store, bro. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I'm. So, no. I'm actually pretty. Uh, I like that one. Uh, you know what? But, uh, uh, I have I have I have a bunch of those uh, Kenda bags. That's what I take. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I take. <laughs> Standard bros. And uh, I have some other ones, and and sometimes I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I think. There's a lot of people that are against that, but I, I'm for it. That should have been done. Plastic bags should have never been a thing. Right. It doesn't. Dude, having a, a set of bags is not a bad thing. Just getting your own freaking. Dude, I, ju- I just I just put it all in my in my in my pockets, dude. Just like, all right, well, screw it. I'm gonna juggle this thing, man. You know, and grab a bunch of stuff and <laughs> do do you need a bag? Like, nope. I got it. I got this. I usually have a couple of bags. I'm in the doing back my, of my part. Car. I'm you, doing my part. You have a sprinter van, bro. Put them in the back. You got so much crap in there already. I know. Calling you out. Thanks. Hey, let's um, not talk about taxes, bro. Anyways. Well, you you brought it up. Uh, I said tariffs are going to make your bikes more expensive. That's, that's just that's just a fact. I didn't bring up politics besides that. Anyways, these y- bikes. Y- yes, these on bi- six. Don't don't, 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 don't put the. Pro- <laughs> I don't even know what six is, bro. And that's your isn't that your profile picture on Facebook? Yeah, gas You're tax. one of those guys. Yes. You're one of those guys. Y- you know what's funny? So I mean, real quick. I thought we were friends, so, dude. Uh, we are friends. I love you, man. <laughs> I-, I went to the uh, to the Vulcan asphalt plant to pick up some material, and they had a big old poster, no on six. I'm like, 
it, you know, most of these guys are owner okay. operators. Hold on, hold on. From a from a completely neutral, unbiased standpoint, what does Prop Six, yes or no? What does what does Prop Six say? From a like, don't put any of your attitude, whatever, into it. What no. does Prop Six say? Okay. What do, what do they want to achieve? We want to repeal the gas tax. So, uh, who's we? You're saying like we want to repeal? Well, the, the gas people, tax. the people. The gas tax that's been put on whatever. By, it was by Jer- so Jerry Brown promised that you know. That any 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 taxes would be voted by the people. Okay, and what was the gas tax going to go towards? The roads. And it's not being represented. Is it? Is correct. The people are claiming. Well, okay. and you know, and there's a. Um, How much is this tax? Do you know? It's well for ga- for gasoline. It's twelve cents. Okay. But also, there is a registration tax. I recall that twelve cents. Okay. But for 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 diesel, that's right. It's like thirty cents. And not, but also the state tax went up from one point seven percent to like five percent tax. So we're 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 you know as a you know I'm not an owner you're, operator. You're but a driver, so you have you know we're a small business. And, yeah. We're a small business. So if if you're if you're running diesel, you you see you, you see the difference. And what's going to happen is, it's it's going to get passed down to the consumer, right? Because these companies are not going to be able to be able to maintain, to burden you know to carry that load of extra cost. You know, it's it's gonna get passed down to to the consumers, mm-hmm. right? So, we're the heaviest tax state in the, the in the union. Mm-hmm. Why aren't these roads taken care of in the first place? Where now we need more money for that? Like, do you, we're we're do, the, you, do you drive the L.A. roads much? I, dude, I hate L.A. The roads are freaking terrible in Los Angeles, dude. Okay. It's 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 a shame, dude. Okay. Where's all this money going to, bro? Seriously, where's the money? I don't know, so so here's the deal. So when my dad pays his taxes, there's a heavy road tax, okay, because it's a commercial truck. Mm-hmm. It's like a I don't know, it's like a million or billion dollars that goes into taxes overall. That's allocated to fixing the roads. Where's that money? Yeah, it's tough, man. I, it's you know, especially if people people were, were it's hard to live in California to begin with, right? This is a hard subject. I, I know. For me, I'm 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 only I'm absorbing, and I know you have a position on it. I just want to know things from like a basic standpoint. I understand the idea of it. I just and, and the whole thing with registration too, going up on on trucks, it like would, the well, uh, the one ton trucks going up. Did you see all that? Ridiculous, dude. Well, now it's going to be what? Like, isn't it like twelve hundred bucks or yeah, two thousand bucks? Stupid. That's registration every year. It's going to be stupid, like dude. it's going to be over a grand for uh, basically one ton trucks and above. Because they're considered work trucks. Basically, the the idea is they're trying to incentivize taking those trucks off the road. But um, so I, basically, they're they're punishing people. Uh, man, I I mean, they're they're forcing you out of your cars into public transportation. The problem with this, man, this gets. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. The, the anyways, pr- the problem with it is that drink it, your beer. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll skip the politics. You just got me fired up real quick. But, I don't uh, I don't I don't mind it all that much. I mean. Depending on what the listeners think, but I, I, the incentivizing to go towards public transit is funny to me because some people will say it's incentivizing, other people will say it's forcing, mm-hmm. and incentivize and force are depends what words, you ask. They're words that kind of intermingle. <laughs> it's it's kind of a funky thing where people will say, you know, if we do this, it'll incentivize people to take the bus, and it's like, well, what if the bus is not exactly what they want? Are are you you're taking away you're, Your freedom, you're, dude. You're taking away a sort of freedom. So, like with these guys, I guess from that that registration thing that I've seen with one ton trucks, it's like I, I I'm driving 
shit. I mean, you drive a lot. I drive probably, I, I did the math because I had to you know, set up my insurance for my new car. I'm driving anywhere between 25 to like 28,000 miles a year. Okay. I drive a lot. Uh-huh. I'm seeing trucks all the time. I'm seeing whatever. A lot, what I, what people I see now, they're, they're just guys that have like a, it could be a single company, whatever, the guy's his only truck and trailer or whatever, but I see a, it's usually Dodges, which is weird, so Dodge might be the, the dually to get, but it's a, it's a Dodge 3500 pulling a, a trailer with like three or four cars on it, like they're doing car transport. Yeah, owner-operator. That guy is probably his own thing, and he's, he's transporting cars all day, mm-hmm. where his registration used to be 300 bucks, maybe cheaper because the truck's you know 15 years old. Now it's going to be over 1000 bucks just because they're trying to incentivize. Right. It's to me. It's it, there's a big difference between incentivize and forcing. You know, it's like oh well. So I mean, we we like our freedom, dude. You know, Americans, we like our freedom. We like to do things. We have we like a choice. If we want to take the bus, we take it. If we want to drive a car, we drive a car. If we want to mm-hmm. fly a plane, we want to fly. You know, or jump in a plane, right? So we have choices. We have you know options. When when you're when they're 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 kind of like putting a stranglehold on you, like with the with the uh, road road diets and. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of being four lanes, now it's three lanes because now you have a lane for bicycles, and mm-hmm. it's dangerous, dude. Like being on the road, like I've 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 heard, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. There's a lot of distracted drivers. Doesn't matter what the loss is about you not being on your phone. Yeah. There's a lot of people on the damn. I drive for a living, dude. I see people constantly on their damn phone using their knee to steer. They got their foot up, you know, like especially the gals have their like feet up all over the place when they're in their in their in their <laughs> texting. And I was like, "What are you?" You're opening up a can of worms with that oh, one. Man, dude, it, I think it, if it, you're it, a cyclist on the road, you'd be dumb to just be out there thinking that you're on the road. I, I, I if you're a cyclist on the road, you have to that's be false security, dude. You have to be on it the whole time. Yeah, you, ha- you, you got to be vigilant, dude. You know because nobody's looking out after you but you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far it's as crazy. The, as far as the freedom uh, argument goes, it's conservatives republicans i guess two different things if you want to call them republicans we we have to f- as a society we have to find a way to balance the idea that there are some socialist kind of ideas as far as the government paying for our roads the government paying for it's it's iffy so roads are a need i guess not a want um ah, man this gets really dicey because the, the the government's gonna pay for some of our stuff, and we expect them to pay for our roads. But it's funny because there are diehard conservatives that want everything to be the least amount of government as possible. But mm-hmm. that's in in our society now. I don't find that to be possible. There needs to be obviously who's gonna build the roads. I mean, you're not gonna have full privatized roads. Yeah, but did, did you hear about like it, it? It costs more money per mile in California to build a road versus any other state. In the union, why does it cost so much money to build a road here do versus you, other states? Do you have a reason behind that? It just there's there's got to be some politics behind it. There might be some politics, or it's the same difference between just buying land here too. No, I'm talking about like repaving a road, Jordan. Are you I'm, talking maybe the government? There's government paving companies that that do it, and they're just paying the government paving companies more money. No, I mean that could be another thing too. No, I mean there's like you know Arjunoble. They they they've been doing the uh, the five freeway. Okay. Right there in Irvine, yeah, yeah. network. But what I'm saying is, it costs it. It's it's more expensive per mile in California versus other other states to to pave a road or to build something. Why is it so expensive here in California to build something? If it's the same what material, are, what are the expenses coming from? Um, you tell me. So a government like you're. That's what I'm getting. Like, at. Is, basically, is, is, basically is, 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 people is are bidding high. Okay. They're you know they're they're like okay you know 
maybe there there's some you know there's and some the government's paying for it correct well yeah yeah i mean so I'm, just, I'm just saying like you know maybe maybe there's a put regulations on the on the government <laughs> like it's kind of weird yeah, yeah but, okay I mean, but so no but, but so real quick so kind of going back to the to the public transportation okay sometimes you got to wait like at least an hour 40 minutes for a bus to come by dude well california's not a, it's not a we're not designed for public uh, transportation. Orange like, County, I should say. L.A. maybe. I mean, a little dude, more. I, I've taken I've taken public transportation before, dude. It sucks. It takes forever to get from one one spot to to another spot, man. I forgot. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Really, it takes that long. I forgot who the comedian was, but it was like a, it was a New York comedian said, uh, you know, you go on a bus in New York and it's just a bunch of you have your your millionaires and you have your bums all on the same bus. Oh yeah, and uh, you go to California, and it's basically an insane asylum on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, dude. No, you know I, I've never had a bad experience on a bus, but it's just that the, just the time, dude. Time is money, dude. If you can just drive yourself to one spot, I mean, that's what I'm talking about, like the freedom that we have. People, yeah. people want to have choices. Like, okay, I feel like taking the bus today. I mean, I feel like wasting six hours out of my day taking the damn bus. All right, let's do that today. <laughs> well, there's a difference between that and or you can and, ride and, and, it, and it being a necessity. That's the other or ride your too. bike. Get, your, get yourself the Santa Cruz Blur CC and start riding on the streets, man. Yeah, where am I gonna park it <laughs> without, without getting stolen? Bring it into the classroom. My buddy used to do, do that with his road bike. I thought that was so funny. Hey, man. I mean, that's your that's your you know that's your wheels, dude. That's your way to means of transportation. You got to get around, dude. You know what I'm saying? What a tangent, man. Yeah, I know, dude. Welcome I to be on the I bike. I, I don't mind it. I mean, <laughs> I, I wish I was... I, I listen to a lot of uh, political talk, at least on on, uh, on the uh, podcasts and YouTubes and whatnot, but uh, I, I'm still pretty... I'm usually pretty in the middle when it comes to a lot of things. I, I don't like to take a hard-line side with a lot of things because I, I, I don't understand enough. I, I wish I did when it comes to the well, whole... There, there's voter guides out there so you so you can understand because... Like the way that the the, the, the prop six is written, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of deceptive. Okay. So when when they were when they were doing polling on people, like okay, what you know. So you're uh, saying no on six. I'm saying yes on six. Yes on six. Repeal the gas tax. Okay. But the, like they were asking a bunch of people random questions, right? And they're like, oh no no. And then when they go, what it's about? Like oh yeah yeah, repeal it. So actually, what I uh, heard on the radio is there's a lot of millennials, right? A lot of those things are. are very well, you know, you know, you it's, know. it's <laughs> misleading, I guess. Well, look who's 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 writing it, dude, right? It's people tr- don't look at that, they look at the science as no and yes, and, and people just think that you gotta, you get, you gotta educate yourself, dude. You just can't, you can't walk in there blinding, like, oh, I feel like voting for this person. It's like, dude, you gotta do your homework, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, like when you buy a car, when you ride a, when you buy a bike, do your homework, there's pros and cons to everything. You gotta outweigh the odds, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think people need to, you know, wh- whether you, you're you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, whatever, conser- whatever. You know, what I mean, just I I rather be more just common common sense, like what you're what you're what don't, you're trying to don't say that. Com- <laughs> that's 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 rocky. think about it. I mean, okay, so. Why, why? Don't don't use common sense. I would okay. say if, okay. you're, if you're going to talk political, I don't want to, you know. Okay, but com- like, well, common sense is tough because people are saying the same thing about gun laws. It's like we need common sense gum, gun laws. Okay. What, are, what are common sense gun laws? Yeah, lock them up. would be if, common sense. If it's common sense, then, then, of chil- then it's, reach of children would be common sense. 
common sense is a, is a tough term, especially when it comes to politics. Okay. But either would go on. But what I'm saying is like, why 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 would you want more taxes? Why would you want more of a burden on you? It's 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 already tough to live in California as it is, dude. And you want more money taken away from you? That's like eight hundred dollars a year that's being taken away every year for taxes. More. Mm-hmm. Like why why do you want why do people want more money taken out of their their paycheck? They're hard on money. People work forty, fifty, sixty hours a week, dude, and you know, and the government's going like, oh, you know what? I want more money out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- one's enough, enough, dude. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, listen, if we have to live within our means, what we have, right? You have you have a certain budget to live off, mm-hmm. right? Why can't the government do that? Why why you know like, hey, this is what we have. We got to work with this. That's it. We can't we can't overreach ourselves because now guess what? Now you're overdrawn. Right, mm-hmm. so why if we have to live within our means, then the government should live within their means, and not keep taking more than what they really need. Um, I think it depends on your mindset and how you go about it. I mean, like I, I know some people are going to be more. Give me this damn beer, dude. Yeah, you gonna be fired up. Freaking Freddie Mercury, you need man. Freddie Mercury in your in your system, in your veins. I. I this this to to any listener this is to know uh this is not to insult this is not to do anything but as far as the idea of um some people are more logic based some people are more emotion based i think obviously you know the the democratic or the liberal side goes more emotion based conservative republicans go more logic based where logic in my head is the same way i i I've been very logical in my head for most of my life after, you know, dating my girlfriend. She's she's more emotion-based, but we're, we kind of balance each other. I feel like being strictly logic-based makes sense in the scheme of things, but some people want to see, like, taxes, they see it as, as a way to, you know, that's that's how the society works. I, they, man, this is really tough to talk Ooh, this about. this is good beer. Cheers to Freddie Mercury, I man. Gotta, I gotta say, I, I like that 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 second one better. Uh, the Palapa, yeah, Palapa, my dream, really. Okay. Either way, I guess my 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 the whole gist of this to me is that it's easy to take a side and then to disregard the other side. But some people don't see taxes as immoral. It's kind of funny. I mean, I I try to open my mind to it, but I yeah, I, I'm 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 on board with the fact where it's like, why would you want to have the government take more money when there's no representation? It's a whole thing, taxation mm-hmm. without representation. It's mm-hmm. like, if if I'm not seeing where my money's going, then why, why am I giving you money? Right. When, at the same time, when Jerry Brown's building that freaking uh, high speed <laughs> rail, the trainer nowhere, dude. <laughs> dude, I. Oh I don't man. Know. He's, he's he's California's Trump basically. He's just trying to put uh, Brown on on a tr- on a train. He's just trying to have his own company called Brown instead of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's funny. Oh man. Well. Going back to bikes. This is dicey uh, territory. Sorry, guys. Going yeah. back to bikes. Sorry, man. What were you going to say? Um, I'm going to have to ride that, that Yeti SP100. Does Bill have a uh, rental bike for that or no? I don't know. I'll have to hit him up. I don't, um, I don't know anybody that has one. Um, Psychological, yeah. So I so I, I got the Blur CC. I've ridden that one. Okay. I've ridden the uh, the Anthem, Giant Anthem, which is a great bike. Same, and, it, and it has also a lockout. But it, it, but it has the, uh, the, the more of a... a Shifter style of a lockout. Mm-hmm. I like that better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's got like a rat's nest, the a rat's nest up front. You know, what I mean, yeah, like yeah. a bunch of cables everywhere, but it was nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, the pivot four two nine, the trail four two nine, and uh, so I, I want to ride the, the Yeti. 
So I would say the Blur and the Giant are, are comparable, and the Yeti yeah. and the and the Pivot being more comparable. So mm. you, you you have two you have two separate bikes there. Yeah, it's a trip, dude. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess it's different. The Blur is kind of a weird in between. So the Blur you can yeah. get with a thirty two fork or the thirty four. Right, the Trail, yeah. But if you get like the non TR versus the Giant, those are comparable. If you get the SP one hundred and the four two nine, those are comparable. That Blur TR is kind of an in betweener. Right. It depends on what you're looking for. I mean, what are you looking for? Um, an all an, like an all around bike. All, all around bike where I would say know. no anthem then. No, uh, no, it's a great. It's bike, a great dude. bike, dude. I I really enjoyed it. You know, got it from the Pat Bike Shop, demoed it. It was a great bike, dude. It's like, a it's a race bread bike though. Yeah, it was a lot more. Fl- it, it I did feel the flex flexiness of the bike though. Mm-hmm. I could feel the flexiness, but uh, the blur was pretty solid. Interesting. So okay. you know, I don't know. May, may, maybe the uh, the pivot might be the bike for me. Okay. Uh, you know, I, it's been a while since I've since I've ridden the uh, a uh, specialized um, Epic Twenty Nine er. That that's yeah. something nice. Don't they have like their? They have the Epic Evo. The Evo, right? So Which is more the of the trail. Same thing. Uh, 34, 120 with the 100 rear travel. It's just, Interesting. It's, it, all they do is they put a wider handlebar, a 34 fork, and I, I may be wrong in saying they put a wider wheel set. But they have a aluminum and a, and a carbon model, but it's the same kind of thing with a carbon model. You're, you're looking at like six plus Gs. But it has a brain. Yeah, it's all the same frame. With a I, brain did, I, did, I did like the brain aspect of it, but when I was talking to, uh, to Matt Ford about, you know, he's rock and road. I'm like, why don't you guys have like a program where you guys already have like the shock ready set up? Because you have to send it back to the manufacturer, which is um, oh, for a rebuild, you mean? Yeah, well, be, I mean, before why don't they be, have more on on the shelf, basically? Right. So out? yeah, so before it was uh, it was Fox. I think this year they went to Rock Shock. Is it only Rock Shock? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a it's like a proprietary thing with them, but like. Because it takes about two weeks for service. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you guys can have one on the shelf where you can just throw it on there and then send the other one back, would probably be great for customers. But, you know. It's money. It's a money thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and depending, I guess it depends on your customer, but if, if you have an S-Works Epic, it's usually not your only bike if you're spending that kind of money. I guess it's not a, the only, the only they all use that shock, so yeah, that's, that's true. Right. Might not be a bad idea. I mean, they got four stores. I mean, they could have at least maybe three of them, and then just kind of, if they need to transfer them to one from one store to another. Because, you know, it, it, right, I mean, right now, I think it's about customer service and keeping your customers happy and, you know, maybe catering to your customers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what business is, dude. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> Damn straight. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Beyond the Bike. We had Jay stay in the studio once again. Thanks, Jordan, for coming in clutch. And in that cold turkey, I see. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's all good. Well, uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to get Michael Nasco from Red Monkey back in the studio, so I'm trying to see if I can get him in next week. Okay. Um, That'd be cool. Get some grip knowledge. Grip knowledge. Yeah, he's already been here before, but you know, they, they've acquired another company, so now they're doing something different and uh, some other cool stuff they're doing. So I want to I want to get him back into the studio and cool. and bring his partners in and talk a talk story with uh, Red Monkey Sports. I like foam grips. <laughs> <I like> foam. <laughs> this guy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.